Very good to be uh, in my home church preaching today. Uh, I worked it out this morning that it might be quite a long time since I preached here. But I, um, uh, how I know is I actually uh, prepared this message seven months ago with the aim of preaching it in Auckland. <laughs> so I definitely have not preached in here for the last seven months. Uh, but I, I uh, have preached this everywhere else. And today I, I really want to go there, uh, minister. And I want to talk on the subject of healing because I, I know God is moving in our midst, but I want to give you an understanding on the way God heals. And today, not only are you going to see an environment created for God to heal, to lift off oppression, but I'm, I want to see the Holy Spirit empower you to see that you are an agent of God to heal people. And the more we rise up in our face, the more God can do. Uh, my dad, he uh, died 30 years ago. He was, uh, in a way, a great mentor in my life. I loved him dearly. Uh, I baptized him when he was 54. Uh, and then uh, he went on and he went to be with Jesus when he was 59. But that's 30 years ago. He taught me many things growing up on a farm. One thing he taught me to do was actually to, to cast seed. Now, that might seem easy for you. But if you are on a hill where no tractor or vehicles can go, you had to do it by hand. And I want you to just put your hand like this with your finger out. So what you do is you, you'd go into a sack, you'd grab hold of it, and you would sew it. You'd cast it, and it would come off the end of your finger. And what I'm doing this morning is I'm a mouthpiece to cast seed. And it's the seed of God's word. And I'm praying that when it lands in your heart, your heart is gonna be a prepared heart that is able to let the word of God take root. Let the word of God bear what God wants it to do. Because so often what happens is when the seed of God's word is spoken, we actually don't let it or we don't receive it in a way that it can actually develop and have the desired impact in our life. And there are so many areas where God wants to move, but he can't because simply our heart is not able to apply and receive the word. So what I want to do this morning is just talk to you, and then we're going to pray for people about six ways God heals in the Bible. It's a bit of a teach, uh, but what I'm doing is just applying one scripture to each point. If you want to go away and you want to uh, dig deeper, I invite you to do so because I don't have time for you to dig deeper uh, th this morning through what I preach. But I, I pray that you will, because I believe the Holy Spirit's not only powerfully moving, but we now have incredible testimonies of people being healed. Just in this series, one, one illustration I, is a, a guy in Christchurch, I preached, I got an email to say that he'd been back to the doctor, diagnosed with cancer, and he's cleared. And that was just a, an email came six days after I preached this message and he just said, thank you. And I believe that we need to rise above some of these so-called hard areas, amen? So I'm gonna speak into your life. I'm gonna help you to understand why sometimes we don't get blessed in the way we could do. And I'm also gonna release an environment for you to be empowered. And then we're gonna release the power of God to heal. One of the most powerful scriptures, and it speaks of Jesus, comes from Luke chapter four, verse 18. 
And it's when Jesus is coming out of the wilderness. It just says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And it just said this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you to take note of what the Spirit of the Lord was upon him to do. Just take note. And it just says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen. He's anointed me. Say, I'm anointed. Every person in this room is anointed. He has anointed me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. If you look at all those, those areas that Jesus was anointed to minister, they all apply to healing, lifting off oppression, setting people free. They, they, they are there to actually liberate humanity, to actually position us to stand in the desired place that God had for yours in my life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just a decision, but it's a process where God is wanting to liberate you from the very snares of the enemy that are seeking to bind you. And so even though we give our heart to Jesus, we at that moment are forgiven, but then God takes us on a journey where he's wanting to free you. He's wanting to free you from addictions. He's wanting to free you from habits. He's wanting to free you where the devil has ensnared you and oppressed you. He's wanting to free you. It's a journey, but today we need to let God take us on that journey so that we can stand in a position where we know the liberty and the power of God working in our life. The six, the, the six ways God heals. The first one is through overcoming. And I, I put this, I added this in because a lot of people are living what I call a, a, a life of defeat. They don't know how to overcome. And in the scripture, which is a scripture that God used personally to speak into my life as a young believer. So I'm giving you something that God used to speak into my life. It comes from James chapter one, verses 12 to 15. And it just says, blessed is the man who endures in temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive a crown of life. How many want the crown of life? And it says, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one, and this is the line I want you to underline. Underline it in your Bible. If you've got a, 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 an app, just underline it. It says, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And when the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Now that's a powerful scripture. What it's talking about is God will allow you to be tempted, but he himself never tempts. Now I like fishing. If you've ever heard me preach, I often talk about it because I like going out in the water. Uh, I've just bought a jet ski fish pro and uh, it will go fast and I'll get to my fishing spots quicker. Uh, but, but my fishing is one liner, it's not the net fishing. And so I want you to imagine that I'm out fishing, I put a lure on the end of my hook and I, I put it, I want it to go to the bottom because that's where the snapper are. So I make sure it hits the bottom. Now then along comes a snapper and it's feeding time. And the snapper sees my lure 
And I pray it's a lure that will attract their attention. And so the moment it sees it, it comes along and says, mmm. And it comes up and it goes, mmm. Now, if I'm a good fisherman, I'll make sure it's hooked, but then I will let it feel as though it's free. I'll let it feel as though it's free. But at the right time, I will take that fish and I will play it. I will bring it in. Every time it wants to have a little bit of freedom, I let it go. Because I don't want it to break the hook, but I let it go. I let it go. And then when I feel it's right, I'll pull it in. I'll pull it in. And what James is saying here is just that. That the, he does never, he never, ever, God never tempts anybody with evil. He doesn't do it. It's not in his nature. But what he wants for you and I is to overcome. He wants you to live a life of liberty and freedom so you're not ensnared by the temptations and the forces that are in the world. Because if you do, he will let you bite. And the moment you take a bite, you are hooked. And the consequences of your bite is to lead you to a place where something dies inside you. That's what the devil wants. And where a lot of Christians don't, they, they, they fail because they, 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 in a way, love God, but they don't know the power of the enemy to ensnare them, to get hold of them, and to pull them in. And he will give you freedom. It's like drugs. It's like pornography. If you heard the sessions that shout, you will find that there's a moment where you feel high. But the path is death. The consequences of death, I'm not gonna labor it because you understand. And today, I believe one of the greatest healings we need is to learn to overcome. And the scriptures, many scriptures in the Bible, this, this particular point, I've got two scriptures, but the second one is 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians sorry, chapter four, verses four to six. Don't be in sleep. Don't, don't think that you can get away with stuff. God knows where you are. Amen? God's got your address. Can I just say it again? God's got your address. You might be alone at home, but God's got your address. You might be in a secret place thinking that no one's looking, but God's got your address. And ultimately, He is concerned about your well-being. And if you don't do anything about it, you don't come to the mercy and the grace of God, it ultimately leads you to a place where something dies inside you. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. That's a powerful scripture. Now, just in brief, I'll just illustrate it. We, had a, a, we were in London for seven years. A, a girl came into our church uh, she had uh, sought to commit suicide six times, came in, gave a heart to Jesus. Then she realized that she was forgiven, but something hadn't changed in her mind. So she was still struggling with her humanity. She then sought to take her life again, seven times. And after it, through talking with Helen, other people, 
she decided that she needs to find a place where she can stand in victory. So what she did in simple terms is she found 65 promises in the Bible. She wrote them down, every single promise. She said, this will become my diet every day, even before I eat anything in the natural, I'm gonna diet on the promises of God. I'm gonna believe that God can change the nature of my mind by pulling down every negative thought and elevating the Word of God. And it's amazing that this girl, she stood on our platform in London, gave her testimony. The power of her testimony. She was eloquent. She, 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 could, she could speak. She could hold a crowd. God moved dynamically through her life, but she was set free. Up to that point, she'd never, ever been interested in a man. But she met someone. He really fell in love with her. And I remember in a very English way, Dom, she, this, this guy, he was, a, he was a English man, even stronger accent than you. He said, oh, she's so epic. <laughs> he just madly, madly fell in love with this girl. But it's because she allowed God to put something in her heart that would overcome the lure of the enemy. And I believe a lot of us are not actually letting the Word of God get into our spirit so that we can rise to a place to overcome the very things that are defeating us. So we come to church and we love God. Come on, we love God. We even lift our hands, we even worship, but we go out and we're still in defeat. I'm here to say, come on, let's break that pattern in the name of Jesus. Let's help one another to overcome and to live in a place of victory, not ensnared, not caught, not feeling as though we've got freedom for a moment, but rising up to a place where the line is broken, we cut the line and say, no, no, you're not gonna ensnare me anymore. I'm, I'm in a place to overcome. The second, I want to keep moving, is through faith. God heals through our faith. I'm not going to overdevelop this one, but it is very powerful. The story that I use is taken from the Bible. It's a well-known story. It's about the lady who had the issue of blood for 12 years. She sought help from many different places. She heard about Jesus, and she said to herself, isn't that, a, that line itself is powerful? She said to herself, come on, say it. she said to herself. So she had an inner conversation. That's faith. Faith has the ability to speak inwardly before you speak externally. She said to herself. She's just basically the words were, if only I touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. But she said to herself, and there are environments, and I've seen it in my life. I'm not gonna illustrate this, but I've seen where Helen and I, we've said to ourselves, amen? We've said, in a talk, say in a talk. In a talk, it's where you have a conversation inside. You say to yourself, I'm not putting up with this any longer. Amen. Now, you might have a woman's problem, but we all have issues. <laughs> Amen, <laughs> don't we? Come on, we all have issues. And the issues are sometimes in a service or sometimes driving your car where something comes alive and you just said, enough's enough. Shouldn't yell. Enough's enough. Oh, so quiet. Enough is enough. I'm not putting up with this. God's my answer. 
Amen? And we push through the crowd, we touch Jesus, and miracles happen, healing happens. I believe we need to create that environment of faith where God moves, God supernaturally touches people in Jesus' name. The third area is through breaking oppression. It's the one that I want to pray into today. Uh, and, and I'm using the words that they spoke about Jesus. It just says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed. Who were they oppressed by? The devil. For God was with him. So often in church, especially in this particular era of time, we don't like to talk about demons. We'd rather study philosophy. We'd rather study psychology. We'd rather study. Now, I'm not against that. Please, if you're studying it, I'm not speaking against you. But there are some things in life where we open the door of our life and we invite an evil force to come. And I've seen people, in a way, being attempted to be helped by psychology, modern day mind thoughts, whatever. But really in the end, it's a demonic activity where we need the power of Jesus to set people free. I call it good old fashioned pastoral counsel. Amen? It's just simply where we break the power of evil over people's lives. Uh, I was in Wanganui towards the end of last year and this big guy who was six foot six came and, and, and he came up to the front and he said, do you, do you remember me? And immediately, I, the first thing was I didn't. And then I saw, you know, you see the face, you see the eyes, I recognize. He said, do you remember coming to my home? He was a young guy, six foot six. He rings me at 9.30 at night. He said, come around to my home. I cannot go back inside. There is something in that house that's oppressing, it's evil, it's wicked. I drive around and here's this big six foot six guy, not even in his property. He's standing on the side of the road. I go and he said, I don't know what's in that house, but there's something there I cannot go in. I go in. The first thing my eyes gravitate towards is his vinyl record. That's how long ago. Vinyl records are coming back in, but that was all you had. <laughs> Amen, we remember, eh, Steve? <laughs> Only thing we had was vinyl records. And so the first record was Black Sabbath. Then I, I go in and I say, do you listen to this stuff? He said, yeah. I said, no wonder your home's oppressed. I said, if you're playing that music, and then I went to his book rack and I looked at the books he's reading. I said, do you read that? He said, yeah, it's all right, isn't it? I said, no wonder you're under oppression. Now, I'm, I'm speaking to you. It's gonna get hot in this room. <laughs> How many are ready? <laughs> Come on, it's gonna get hot in here. What you feed with yourself. That, that's why we get oppressed. We, we don't realize we open a door by the things we listen to and the things we read and the things we view. We open a door. We wonder why we still love God, but somehow we're just under this cloud of oppression. Something doesn't come off us. We, we watch everybody else getting blessed, but we don't get blessed because somehow we justify it in our mind that we're bigger than that. I said, do you, do, I, I can't tell you what to do, but if I was you, this is what I would do. I'd get all the records, 
I'd take them outside, I'd get all the books, I'd take them outside, and I'd have a fire. And he said, okay, I'm in. So we got all the records, all his records, took it out. He got a big sledgehammer and here we were, 10, 10, 15 at night, breaking up records in the backyard. We got the books, we had a fire, we burnt them all up. Then I went into the house, I prayed for him. I said, in Jesus' name, I break the power of oppression that's come to this young man. He repented, he took ownership. God liberated him. And then uh, we, we went through the home. We, we just ministered into every room and said, this room sanctified for God. Now, that was, I think, 35 years ago. He comes up to me last year and he said, do you remember me? I remember that night. He said, something lifted off me that night. And ever since, I've known a freedom in my life. That's the testimony. Amen? And we come on, I think, and, and you might have heard me use this, but I think TV can be like a sewer pipe going right into your living room. And I'll use the word, we're just filling our life with crap. And we justify it, oh, it's just entertainment. No, no, it's not entertainment. You open the door of your spirit. Gaming, come on young people. Gaming can be addictive, it can be oppressive, it can actually bind people up in their spirit and, and people wonder why they can't get free from it. That's why I love Dr. Lavinia's presentation because she was giving you understanding. But it's a spiritual world. We want God, but come on, we need to get people free. The Christian gospel is about freeing people. There is no greater. In two days, I'm 71. I praise God that I'm free. I'm not preaching garbage. I am preaching something that I've struggled with, worked through in my own humanity. Why? Because if the gospel of Jesus is real, it works. We're gonna break up. I could give you testimony, even things that happened in our farming days where the enemy had an inroad. We can't give the enemy an inroad. We've got to learn, like Jesus, to break oppression. We've got to lift off the curse off people's lives because that's where healing comes from. The fourth area is through the laying on of hands, Jesus heals. So you've noticed, overcoming, that's healing, isn't it? Come on, that's healing. Probably one of the greatest areas we need healing in. The second area is faith, just issues that you and I are facing, struggling with, working through in our life. We need the power of God to liberate us and to press through. Oppression. But the fourth area is through the laying on of hands, and this is where I want to empower you. This church is not here to create a platform for me, Sam and Kathy, Helen, the pastors. It's not here to create a platform for, you, for us. Equippers Church exists to create a platform for you, to bring the best out of you. It does not exist for us, we're here for you. We're here to impact, to mobilize you, to equip, to do all we can to create an environment where God can not only save you, He can deliver you, He can free you. We're here to mobilize you to be instruments of His power. Amen? How many got that? Only a few of you, shall I preach that again? This church does not exist for the leaders. This church exists for you. It is the foundation of who we are to bring the best out of you. Amen? And that's why today we're here to mobilize 
And it says, go into all the world, preach the gospel. Uh, just to keep it short, it says uh, right down to the end, it says, by no means um, you will drink deadly, and it by no means will hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Living in London for those seven years, I, I re read an article, I, I can't remember. Stay up there, Sam wants to be up here, but I like wandering around. <laughs> but I'm going to come down again, because he won't hold me up here. Live stream, I know, technology. <laughs> it's good, but it's not good when you move around. What, the, the, this girl, she, um, I, I read an article and she wasn't highly educated. In fact, she probably uh, was in a way very much, uh, she was dyslexic, uh, she had failed at school, she found Jesus, and she just simply said, I'm going to do what Jesus said. I'm going to go into the streets. So she'd go around the streets of London. I actually don't know whether her theology was perfect. But she went up to people and she just said, are you sick? Can I pray for you? And she just simply had this word. She just said, if they gave her permission, she'd lay hands on them. I heal you in Jesus' name. Uh, she walked away. And they just found that there were just testimony after testimony of people being healed by this woman that they had to trace her down and find out who it is. They came across her. And she said, well, I'm not educated, but I just believe the word of God. I believe I'm commissioned to lay hands on sick people. She was one of the greatest missionaries in London at that time. No education, just simply believed the word of God. Do you know... Sometimes we go through struggles and we don't think we are, we're, we're equipped. We don't think we are worthy of God using us. But in our journey, don't look at your own self-worth. Look at Jesus. And it doesn't matter where you stand, his name is still incredibly powerful. Now, it doesn't mean you don't get yourself right. But I believe right now, God wants the church of Jesus Christ empowered. There are sick people in our workplaces. There are sick people in our family. You, I'll talk about another area in a moment. But mostly, God is calling you and I to lay hands on sick people. I remember the first uh, e-group Helen and I ran. Every night, we would put an old table in the center, which was very strong, was made of oak, and we say, if you've got a need tonight, sit on the table. We prayed. We didn't know how to pray then. We cast out demons. We didn't know what we were doing, but somehow demons came out. We'd have words of knowledge. We started prophesying over. It just began simply in our first D group saying, no, no, God's commissioned us. He's going to use us. Are you ready? Lift your hand right now. In Jesus' name, I commission you. I don't have time to, to go right into it, but I commission you. Come on, wherever you are, in your environment, you do not need someone else to pray. You pray. I commission you in the name of Jesus. Amen. The fifth area is through the calling of the elders. This is when someone else's prayer doesn't move anything. It's when something is really happening in your life that you know is bigger than an e-group prayer. There's a spiritual, something spiritually needs discerning. I'm a great believer in the calling of the elders. 
just says, if anyone, James chapter five, anyone among you is suffering at the keyboard, if Josh could come and play, let him pray. If anyone is cheerful, let him sing psalms. If anyone is sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another, and you will be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When, when uh, growing up, Helen has always been the one who did the ironing in our house. And then I started traveling and I found that my shirts got creased. And so I had to learn to iron. You say you should have learned earlier, but I didn't. So don't rub it in. <laughs> Amen. I just didn't. And so, so I got an iron. And I learned that you can never move a crease with a cold iron. Somehow it just doesn't work. To remove a crease, you've got to plug it in. You've got to get it hot. When it gets hot, it's got the power to remove a, a crease. When it says the effective, fervent, say fervent, means a fervent prayer is a prayer that's got heat in it. It's got the anointing in it. It's not just a cold prayer. Oh, Jesus, perhaps you might heal this person. Amen. No, no, it's got a fervent. It's, fervent. it's got heat in it. There's a, there's a sense that, no, no, God, you're in this. I'm here. I'm an instrument of God. I, I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to believe. We had a lady in the formation of this church in Freeman's Bay, and she was bipolar. And uh, she drove me nuts. I'm being very frank. She drove me, she'd fall off a seat and I could just leave her alone. She would try and track tension and she was a desperate lady. And then it came into a service one night and uh, she, she got this word. She said, uh, why she was sitting and if I call the elders, God's gonna heal me tonight. And so she comes up to the front, she comes to me and she said, I want the elders to pray for me. And I went, oh no, here we go again. I'm, I'm letting you know my humanity. Right. So I got the other elders. I said, this lady wants to be anointed with oil. And so I just got them to pray and I just left. And I, I did, I'm just letting you know my humanity. <laughs> and they prayed. They prayed over this lady, anointed with oil. They were fervent. I would have I destroyed their faith because I'd had enough. She was prayed for. She walked out. The next morning, I can't remember the time, but it was very early in the morning, Helen gets a phone call. I said, oh no, what she probably picked up my mood, no. <laughs> but she said, you know, she said, as a girl of nine, I invited a friend into my life. She's now in her mid-30s. She said, you know, today is the first morning I've woken up and I've heard the birds sing since I was nine. First morning. And then I'm interested. <laughs> Funny how things change. Now, what a testimony. We'll get her up next week. <laughs> she says, no, no, no. I want one year of living in the victory of Jesus. 12 months later, she stood on the stage and she shared how God delivered her of a mystery friend that caused the mind to always struggle. Amen. You don't hear too many of those stories, but they're powerful. Sometimes we need the elders because there's an oppression greater than we can break in ourselves. 
and they're appointed. And I commission our elders, come on, you're here to pray for people. I know you know that, but we need a greater level of authority. The final area is through communion. We have communion every Sunday here in the theatre, wherever we are before the service. Always happens between 9 and 9.30. Probably a great opportunity if you're struggling. If I was to testify to you, my greatest healings come through communion. That's where I get healed. Why? Because I believe that as I take the bread and I take the wine, I'm appropriating the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and I'm appropriating His victory. Because Psalm 53 says, by His stripes I'm healed. Amen. And I believe our, for, for Christians on the whole, our greatest place to sustain health. How many want to sustain health? Can't sustain health. We run, I go to the gym, I do exercise, but sustaining health is spiritual as well. And every time you take the bread and you take the wine, you're remembering that by His stripes He's healed and He was bruised for our iniquities. And I just want to finish by sharing, I wouldn't mind Matt, if you just come, I won't come down, I wouldn't come down for this. But I just want Matt to jump up and just stand here. I want to explain three words and now I'm going to finish and we're going to pray for our press people. You just stand there. I want you to imagine right now that Matt is really my direction. That he represents my direction of life. And so God has a destiny, He has a plan, He's got a purpose for our life. If I keep walking, towards Him, I will embrace His purpose. I'll embrace my purpose. Now you, just watch my feet. Because this is powerful, this is prophetic. Just say, Matt. Just say, I think, oh no, that doesn't really matter. Come on, don't get overboard on this Christian stuff. I start walking, doesn't really matter. I've just walked past my purpose. I've just walked past God's best. Then we actually wonder why other people are blessed and we're not. We we wonder why, how come their prayers are answered and my prayers aren't? Now, the word sin is adultery, it is fornication, it is lying, it is stealing, it's all those things But if you understand the root meaning of sin, this is why it's powerful. It literally means to miss the mark. That's literally what it means. So adultery, you're missing the mark of God's best. Fornication, you're missing the mark of God's best. You're destroying something in your humanity. But sometimes it is as simple as saying, that doesn't really matter. I can do that. And we walk right past God's best for our life. Now, the wonderful thing about the gospel is He's gracious, He's merciful, He forgives, He restores, He takes us by the hand, He puts us online again so that we come back. Even if we're here, He brings us back so that we can embrace His purpose. Even if we've come here, He brings us back again so that we can get in line to touch His purpose. That's the gospel of Jesus. And I wanna tell you today, That's what you remember when you take communion. That's what you remember. The second part, which a lot of people don't understand, there's three meanings to things we do wrong. 
The next one is transgression. Say transgression. Transgression simply means you rebel. Now the only way I can explain it since we're a sporting country is when you watch the All Blacks play and they're offside, what happens? <whistles> offside, mate. I've got to give the other team an advantage. That's against the rules of the, the, rules of the game. And so the other team gets an advantage because you're offside. Who gets the advantage? Come on, who gets the advantage? When you're offside and you break the rules of God, you give the devil an advantage. He's able to have an advantage in your life because you have transgressed. You read Psalm 32, he says, I've sinned, I've transgressed. And what we're gonna realise, come on, I'm teaching you today. What you gotta realise is you can't play with God. God is not just a gig on Sunday. God is a liberator of our humanity. The Gospel of Jesus Christ is here to set us free. Thanks very much. The third one, sin, miss the mark. Transgression, to rebel to break the rules. It's like driving. How many have praised God for road rules? Come on, you, 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 you say road rules don't matter, try it, you'll be dead. They're there for your safety, so is God's rules. The third one is iniquity. Iniquity, the Bible says, goes from one generation to another generation, right up to 55 generations. So you can see the iniquity, the curse, that's on a, a, a parent, have a child. Sometimes depression, sometimes it is even down to lust. You can see there's iniquitous curses on people. And they go from one generation to another generation. The word iniquity, I want you to watch me. Are you looking? Head up, looking. <laughs> and my bossy Helen says I am. <laughs> Doesn't seem to get lower the older I get. <laughs> Are you watching? Good. Iniquity means, literal meaning of iniquity is to walk with a bend. There's Christians walking through life, they love Jesus, but they've got iniquity, they've got strongholds that's come down from one generation to another generation to another generation. And the Bible says Jesus was bruised for our iniquity. That's why when we take communion, we stand, I'm a first generation Christian. I'm saying, Jesus, I break every iniquity that has come down from generations in my past. I want my children, I want my grandchildren to stand in a place where they're not bound by the iniquities of our forefathers. I wanna break them. I wanna break the hold of them. Why? Because they have the power to crush us. They have the power to somehow immobilize us. They have the power to take away the joy that Jesus wants to bring to our life. That's why healing is so important. That's why you and I have to grapple with some of the things that really work against our humanity. Some we open the door to, but others we enter in and we carry them, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every time we take the bread, Every time I take the bread, I take the wine, I say, Jesus, you were bruised for my iniquities. Do you know what the Bible says? 
the blessings of God will go from one generation to another generation up to five generations. I'm an avenue of blessing. I'm no longer an avenue of curse. I, I'm not surprised when I see Sophia up here and my grandchildren sharing the power of the Gospel. Why? Because the blessings can't Aston playing the drums this morning. I'm not surprised by that. Why? Because our children stand in the blessing of Jesus from one generation to another. We're breaking the curse. We're breaking the mandate. We're saying that's not going to hold us. That's not going to strike. It's not going to work against us. And that's why Christianity is so powerful. Come on, it's not a gig. I know I've said it. It's not a gig on Sunday you come to. This is an avenue where the the leaders of this church can help you to become everything that God's designed you to be. That's why we're called equippers. We're here to equip you for life. We're here to bring the best out of you. We're here to mobilise you. We're here to put mission in your heart. Amen. And today I, I believe the Holy Spirit, that's why I prayed like I did, He's casting seed. I believe as I prayed this morning, as I sow the seed of your word, it's gonna land on hearts that are prepared and people are gonna find a freedom in Jesus' name. Curses are gonna be broken. Right now, I believe the power of God is gonna come and we're gonna see the liberating force of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want you to stand with me. How many are ready for God to do something? Come on, how many are ready? If you know you're struggling with an iniquity and you can see it in your parents, perhaps it's anger, perhaps it's lust, perhaps there's an area that you can see, yeah, it's in my, in my grandfather, it's in my father, perhaps it's jealousy, I don't know what it is, perhaps it's suicide, I don't know. But if that's you, get out here onto the front quick, in Jesus' name, come. I wonder, we're gonna sing a song just in a moment. The other area is we're gonna break the power of oppression. Oppression is when you open the door through your own behaviour. Oppression is when you say, well, that doesn't really matter, I can do this. Come on, if you're under a cloud of oppression, it's it's almost like this demonic activity. I, I prayed for a boy at Shout, or he's a young man. And he said, you know, since I was eight, he's now in his late 20s. He says, since I was eight, he said, I've had insomnia. He said, I'm so scared to sleep because every time I sleep, I go into horrible, dark, evil dreams. He said, I I, I try to take tablets, but they don't work. He said, I can't sleep. I go to sleep for 20 minutes and I wake up out of such an evil dream. Now, I haven't heard from him, but boy, I had compassion for him when I prayed. I right now then reached and I said, devil, you are not gonna rob this young man of his inheritance. I break the curse. I break the oppression. I break what is setting right now, robbing him. Come on, we've got power, church. Come on, the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. What I want now is a wall of faith right behind all these people. In Jesus' name, He's our liberator. He's our He's our freedom. He's the one who breaks and deals with every curse. Just take take the music just down a little. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Now, if you you want to learn how to do this, watch me. 
up the front, respond to me. Jesus, right now, I set a covering in this place. I declare in Jesus' name that no scepter of wickedness can rest on this land because it's allotted to the righteous. This ground is a ground where people will be liberated. It's a ground where people will be set free. It's a ground where God, every, every demonic oppression is gonna be broken. It's a ground where iniquities are gonna be cut off. It's a ground where God, you're gonna move supernaturally today. I break any spirit of poverty. I say it's got no right to exist. I break any mindset in Jesus' name. I speak this is a ground for you to move. Now here's the next step. I want you, if you're up the front, to pray this prayer with me. When you pray it, I want you to identify. You might say it loud, you might want to say it loud, but I want you to identify what you're up here for. But I want you to pray these words. I'm not forcing you to, you don't have to, but I know these words will help you. To say, Lord Jesus, today I stand in your presence. I acknowledge your authority, I acknowledge the freedom you want to bring into my life. And today, in the name of Jesus, I repent. Now name it. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Say it with me. I thank you, Lord Jesus. On the basis of my repentance, I now receive your mercy, your grace, and your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I renounce every work of evil. No, every work of evil in my life. I renounce it. I break it. I say it has no right to exist. In the name of Jesus. Keep your hands lifted right up now, right up. I'm gonna pray a prayer and God's gonna, God's gonna move. Notice my prayer is on the basis of your confession. You must understand that. My prayer is on the basis of your confession. Father, with the apostolic authority you've given me, I declare on the basis of every person who's made a confession today, that every spirit of wickedness be broken. I break every oppressive force. I declare in Jesus' name they have no right to stand. I declare right now, God, your free and grace, your Holy Spirit, you're moving, you're working, you're ministering into people's lives right now in the name of Jesus. I declare in Jesus' name, where there's been forces of iniquity that have come down from one generation, they have been broken in the name of Jesus. They no longer have stronghold. They no longer have power. And today we turn, Father, people's lives around to say now they're coming under the blessing of God. And God, you're doing a work of your Holy Spirit that goes way beyond what we could understand in our humanity now in Jesus' name. Father, every spirit of depression, 
is broken. Every spirit of idolatry we cast out. Every spirit of of anger, intimidation, we break its power. Right now, every spirit of lust, every spirit, Father, where people are drawn into a world they don't want to be in, I break its power. I say in Jesus' name, you have no right. You have no, no, no power. We break your power today in the name of Jesus. We set this ground where people are free in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Now finally, just with your hands lifted, and everybody in this room might want to do this, just lift your hand. Just lift your hands. I release your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Come in power right now in Jesus' name. Just let every single person be filled with your presence. Just start to speak in tongues. If you speak in tongues, just let the Spirit of God just speak in tongues, guys. Just Come on, lift, lift it up. Just speak in tongues right across this room. There's a wave. There's the anointing. Come on. Come on, just speak in tongues. Let, let the power of the Holy Spirit liberate you. Let His anointing right now. In Jesus' name, let His anointing. Let His anointing. Come on, right over this room. Let the anointing of God just take over. Let the presence of God in Jesus' name. His anointing. His anointing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Come on, we worship you. We lift you up. Come on, we worship you. We worship you. Come on, we worship you. We worship you. Right over this room, we worship you. you now in the name of Jesus to go into all the world and preach this amazing gospel that saves people from the brokenness of their humanity. I commission you in the name of Jesus to lay hands on sick people. I commission you in Jesus' name to cast out every demonic spirit of oppression. I commission you to go in Jesus' name. I commission you to say my hands are anointed. My voice has an authority and the authority is Jesus Christ. Today I declare it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.